0: Welcome back to Episode 3 of Pirate Talk Radio, and today we are going to be talking about lore. Last week we talked about uh, the June update, The Haunted Shores, and in that update we saw a new but familiar face in the sky, identifying himself as Captain Flameheart, and throughout the history of this game, the concept of who is Flameheart has Been all over the seas, has been all over Reddit and Twitter and YouTube and everywhere. And so many people have their opinions. So today I brought fellow cutthroat and lore aficionado who has played this game since the very, very beginning. I've got Ballin here and we're going to talk about what led up to the June update. We're going to talk about the June update and what we've learned. And we're going to try to uh, kind of decide who is senior, who is junior, what do we know now, and what do we think is going to happen in the future. So, Ballin, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks very much for having me here today. Bright good morning to everyone here on this very famous channel here. First time First time here as well, so I'm definitely interested in seeing what we will bring to the table with this discussion of ours.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk about what happened in the game. Obviously, I haven't played this game for very long. I'm going on my four, fourth month playing this game. You've played since the beginning. I believe you played before the beginning. You played Alpha, Beta? Yep, I
1: played Alpha, Beta,
0: both scale test,
1: all three final tests, launch, and onward.
0: Yeah, so... You've been part of the Sea of Thieves for a very long time, and I know that lore is a huge bit um of both you designing your character and and how you how you've kind of moved from one character to now the son of your character. And uh lore is always huge for you. So um this is why you are here. Um mm-hmm. <clears throat> so let's talk about the game and where it came from release to now. Um and Specifically, because when the game first launched, if I understand right, Tall Tales didn't exist. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. Tall Tales was released as per the anniversary event update.
0: Okay, and the, the tall- first year anniversary. Yeah, yeah. And so I was nowhere to be found because we've already been two years, and now I'm I'm here. So Tall Tales, when they got to introduced, and, and to be completely honest, I haven't finished them all. Um, so I, I have done quite a few, and and I've done some of the more important ones to this discussion. But the Tall Tales uh, really started to bring a strong storyline to the lore of this game. And this conversation of Flameheart, I feel, starts with the Shroudbreaker. Um, And a lot of people out there are probably going to say, what do you mean, Flameheart's not mentioned in the Shroudbreaker? No, he by name is not. But a very important piece is mentioned in there, and that is the Burning Blade. Um, and it's mentioned right there in the Magpie Wing logbook as the ship that sunk them. And so let's start there, and let's work through the tall tales and kind of piece together this Flameheart character um, before, again, we see any, men- or any vision of him, um, which we don't see until later on um, Seabound Soul. So um, let's start with that. So the Burning Blade... Uh, what can you tell me about the Burning Blade um, as we work through these tall tales?
1: Well, actually, to to kind of bring us back a little bit further, because I've played the game for as long, I would actually say that we have to go back further than the tales. Okay. We have to begin on July the 31st, 2018, when the cursed sales um, updates came to the Sea of Thieves. Okay. With this this event, for anyone who has not seen it, what happened was that there was an event where you would have to go around to various places in the Sea of Thieves and defeat skeleton crews. They were much more organized, much more destructive, and they were much more of a problem for us than they are the iteration that they are today. But... In the midst of you hunting down these ships and these skeleton crews, a very famous weaponsmith from Golden Sands Outpost, hurt by going by the name of Wanda, W A D N D A, inadvertently became a skeleton. Now, what had happened was that she got herself involved with the macabre and the occult and all of that, that at least evolving around the Sea of Thieves, and in her dabbles and her dabbling, She became a skeleton, and she became obsessed with finding Flameheart. Now, for people like myself, what allowed me to gauge this is that there's going to be a build-up to this. There's going to be something grand for this. But again, we would have to go back even further than the Cursed Tales. We have to go to the Tales of the Sea of Thieves book, Mm
0: -hmm. to those
1: of you who own it. With this book, and this book alone, this chronicles... Flameheart's story, the origins of his ship, the Silver Blade, and how it eventually became the Burning Blade when he the, the Flameheart as a human being became cursed and the events leading up to that, which I'm trying not to spoil for people who have not read the book. Right, right. I yeah. encourage you to read that because the events that occur cause him to be put into the same cursed situation as a couple other members that you will meet along the venture to the shores of gold if you choose to go
0: the tall tales route. right, so there are two books out there um you're referring to the uh the 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 stories of the the Sea of Thieves, which is one book you can get these both on amazon by the way i I've got both of them um and and yes it's it's a journal um it really reads like it's a journal right um and it's written by it actually says it's written by a character by the name of Flameheart, um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that book um, a little bit uh, later. But there's also another book, Athena's Fortune, which is about the Magpie's Wing. So yes, if you're into the the tall tales and stuff like that, if you want to know what happened before we pirates entered the Sea of Thieves, definitely pick up these books because they're they're absolutely awesome. Um. So you mentioned something in there that I, I, I like, and that's the silver blade, right? So for those of you like myself and you who, who help Rare test via the Insider, you know we're not going to talk about anything in the Insider because we can't. But when you, when you test for Rare, they reward you. And part of those rewards, you can find that on their website, it's not anything secret, is you get ship pieces, you get equipment pieces, you get weapons, and these are the silver blade. We are reconstructing and we've reconstructed the ship, the Silver Blade, through the Insider's testing. And now we're getting the equipment and the weapons and stuff like that. Um, so we have this ship called the Silver Blade. Um, and you mentioned um, that it turned into the Burning Blade. Now, I don't feel that same way. And I know other folks don't feel that same way. And we're, gonna, we're definitely going to dive into that. Um, but let's continue on with the in-game piece leading up to these tall tales. Um, and how we get to the burning blade sinking the magpie's wing?
1: Okay. So to explain, so to explain that one, this is this is the pirate lord's story that we are hearing here. Mm-hmm. Now, the pirate lord himself, aka Ramsey Singh, aka the sons of the siblings that are part of the sea dogs, Demarco and Lissetti, respectfully. Mm-hmm. The point of the Burning Blade in the Shroudbreaker um, arc, for lack of better phrasing, in the case of the first Tall Tale, the Shroudbreaker arc, its place was to be the the anti-version. Now, Flameheart and the Burning Blade had already existed when the Magpie's wing was destroyed. Correct. That is I would say the extent to which that the burning blade participates in that situation here, right? But also drives people to wonder, just where are the gaps yep. in which Flameheart vanishes, fl- as well as Flameheart emerges, right? What what happens? What happens there? And you say we're mentioning this a bit earlier, so I think that for the sake of continuity, the Shroud Breaker leaves us with those two points: a beginning point of the. Bernie Blade's origins, as well as an endpoint of where Flameheart went. Right.
0: Now, as you progress through these tall tales, and we learn about Briggsy, we learn about these other crews, we learn about this ship, the Morning Star, and we learn about um, um, Grey Marrow, right? This new thing enters, and and me as a historian, and I know, know I, I know you love history and lore and all that stuff, we get this thing that's introduced, and it's the cup of resurrection, the chalice of resurrection, right? And it's part of the the storyline that allows us to, to fight gray marrow. Um, and if you're a historian, there are cups like this throughout history. Um, this idea of a cup that is giving, quote, eternal life, or something to that, right? It might not be eternal life the way we think where we live forever, right? But it, it's something that keeps our spirit going or something, right? We've got the Holy Grail in the Christian religion. We have the silver chalices um, for the Fountain of Youth and and so on and so forth. Sea of Thieves has the Cup of Resurrection, which has become, um, getting closer now to, to, throughout these tall tales and getting closer to the, the June event, is it has become a symbol of the Reaper Bones, which is a new faction now, but has been around for a while. Um, this this image of the chalice, and more so the the um, the mantra of I believe it's what Pirates for all eternity. Did I quote that right? That's correct. It's Pirates for all eternity. Yeah. So as we we've moved through these tall tales, we've got this chalice, which is now a symbol. Everywhere, especially now. And this pirates of all eternity, again, thinking that you're in some way, shape, or form going to be on the Sea of Thieves forever. Right? So let's let's move ahead through these tall tales and if I may get to um, Seabound Soul. Um, Seabound Soul, we're following the Ashen Dragon, um, and Arthur Pandragon. And we are finding these skulls of of members of cr- of the crew throughout the 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 event and he is releasing their spirits out of these these skulls to find answers to get to get knowledge. And we get to the end of a seabound soul and we find um, on an island a a hidden Um, burial chamber if you will and inside we find a casket and we remove the skull from the casket, it's got a cool beard it's one of the coolest skulls in the game by the way, and we bring it out to, to Pendragon and he cuts it and instead of what we have been experiencing of this spirit coming out and doing some talking to us we get this giant red face in the sky and he identifies himself as Captain Flameheart so talk to me a little bit about Seabound Soul and and that casket and and kind of what has led up to that and what we saw there.
1: Okay. Well actually you have um you have uh, three things going on here. You have <clears throat> as a trained historian with a master's degree in environmental history, you have the antiquarian approach when looking at material culture and the histories behind it with the Chalice of resurrection, you have Yes, the um the resurrective tools that Pendragon has given to him by I believe it was Madame Olivia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you have the abilities of Flameheart itself. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna take each of those three and do it one at a time. Yep. Chalice of Resurrection. There's always been the search for immortality. Yep. Anybody could tell you about that, even with the found of youth and what have mm-hmm. you. Um but in the case of the Chalice of Resurrection, that is that is a surefire way to bring someone back from the dead, as in the case of Briggsie and Grey Merrill. Now, the thing about the macabre in this game is that it takes many forms. You have you have soul transference, you have cursed bodies, you have people who are just stuck where their souls cannot move on. In the case of people like Briggsie, who did not want to be cursed from the jump, spoiler alert. <laughs> But in the case of people like Grey Merrill, their hatred and their violence and their just their belief in the destructive force that a pirate can have, that is that is something that, in my honest opinion, was something to be rewarded in his case mm-hmm. because he was so violent, because he was so destructive, because he wanted to burn everything to the ground and then some on his search for the shores of gold. Now, in the case of the Reaper's Bones, they are in fact skeletons. Mm-hmm. They are they are skeletal they are skeletal creatures, but it I pose this: while there are skeletons out there that are regressing, mm-hmm. that became skeletons because they regressed their memories and became more simple and mm-hmm. single-minded, but still still is destructive. There are other people like the Reapers' Bones who are skeletons, but they have the abilities to maintain their their memories and their mm-hmm. thoughts and their singular vision there is still the destructive nature that skeletons have mm-hmm. but they are organized evermore and in the case of the use of the chalice that is the that is skeletal speech mm-hmm. those are the roots that they use to communicate with one another right and we have yet to see anything from Rare and Company about where the use of the challenge will return itself, right. but only that it could be used to raise the dead. Right. Secondly, now in the case of the third, um the case of the third now while you have objects out there that have power, you also have objects that can be Transferable to regain memories because every time Pendragon used his sword, Mm -hmm. he was getting the memories back of the people that were deceased. Right. Who does that speak volume to? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, I'm asking who that. What? Who does that speak volume to? What is that?
0: Never mind you. For me, that speaks volumes to the Order of Souls. Bingo. Because
1: what the Order of Souls would do because that is
0: their. Namesake, right? Because and, you see that when, when, when I think the first time you experience that particular f- feature of pulling a memory from a skull is when you return Briggsy's skull to Madame Olivia and she pulls all that information out of it. Like you see the drinking the thing and, and enchanting the compass and stuff like that. But the first time you see the pulling of memories from a skull is that Briggsy one, if I if I remember right.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't don't think that it comes anywhere else. So the fact that Pandragon, who mind you is is a ghost or uh, incorporeal object um, Mm -hmm. is able to utilize the power of his sword to use that kind of order of souls magic to pull stuff out of skulls and you actually get to see it it's not like he's pulling the memories they're going into him and he's speaking it he's actually pulling imagery out for you to see. Exactly.
1: He is. And the interesting thing about it, too, is that um, while we did not know who it was, I think that it's not that they were, that anybody was tricked or duped or anything like that, but Flameheart was gone. Yes. We knew about his name, but the Pirates themselves, there was no... There was no direct mention of 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 who he is. There was no direct mention of of how destructive he was. There, at least definitively, right. the only thing that we know about was just how much power he had yep. from books in the real world that we had right. in the game. The only thing that we had to go it off of was somebody who understood the kind of power that was here and just the kind of. Mysterium that exists from it But nothing Nothing hard tack like how we have here Which Recognizes the
0: gravity Of the situation here The seriousness of it He felt to me um, Leading up to this stuff He felt to me And I apologize for anyone listening Who's not a Harry Potter fan He felt to me like Voldemort right? He felt to me that Ye who shall not be named Like People knew about his destructive capabilities, but he had been gone for so long. It was just this overarching, legendary, bloodthirsty, powerful pirate that you don't talk about. Is yeah. is kind of the feeling I got. Mm-hmm.
1: Except that... Except that he has no Horcruxes, to right, right? 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 <laughs> right? Like a ma- magical shell to hold against it, but right. there is, but there is something important here to take in mind. We have yet to see his physical being. He is still corporeal, Correct. and corporeal is
0: weaker than a physical body. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So let's 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 move on now from the seabound C- soul. And if anyone's questioning how we know that incorporeal bodies are weaker. Play the game right now, okay? Fight a actual skeletal ship. How many cannonballs does it take to take it down? Fight a a ghost ship. It's three, right? They're very, very weaker because they don't have a physical form. So that's that's where we pulled that information from. We can see it in the game. So we have released, we, we found the sarcophagus, we pulled the skull out, Pendragon opened it, And instead of what we normally got, which was this ghost who kind of was just telling us a story or, or interacting a little bit, we got this giant flaming skull in the sky identifying as Captain Flameheart. And then we can move on to Heart of Fire, where we discover this labyrinth of traps and, and things like that with Stitcher Jim, and in this labyrinth, we get our first, well for me it was my first, I don't know if it came before, we get our first sight of an incorporeal ship, the Burning Blade, we can identify that with the, the, the heart and everything else like that, um, in, in Heart of Fire, and this is the first time we get to see this ship, if I'm not mistaken.
1: That is correct. It is the that is the first iteration. Now, uh, for the sake of for the sake of continuity, there is something here that has to be um, that has to be emphasized. Flameheart is building his army.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He is he, since he is back in his physical being. He wants to get his his men and his army and his soldiers back together again, mm-hmm. and he wants to return to what he started. Because before any of us played the Sea of Thieves, when the books were the first iteration of this game, he commanded the Sea of Thieves and yeah. he commanded it with an iron fist. Yes. But then something happened where he vanished. Mm-hmm. My thinking is of what happened with the Ashen Treasures um, mm-hmm. the of the Athenas one of these Haven. Mm-hmm. We collected villainous, or legendary villainous bounty skulls. We collected le- creative legendary voyages. We collected things of that nature. Now, in this case, what happened is that the Pirate Lord built up his army. Mm-hmm. The Pirate Lord built up an army of his own, and with the help of the Order of Souls, they were able to keep <laughs> him locked away. Mm-hmm. And they were able to get that. Now, this, of course, is just a theory of mind. Public speculation, and- right, right. right. Yeah, absolutely and I open it to speculation mm-hmm. but because the pirate lord is building his army since we're giving these legendary treasures to the um to the mysterious strangers it does it leaves it open for conversation and discussion but it, I hope it's not too far fetched to suggest that that is how Flameheart is was able to get himself locked away like that now in the case of the heart of fire to continue onward to kind of work back to work forward the Heart of Fire is going to be one of his one of his strongholds. This mm-hmm. is going to be one of his many areas where he is going to be able to conjure his enemies. conjure his enemies to their place, but also to allow his forces to come to fruition. But there is still something that we are missing here. And there is, and this was featured in Fort of the Dant, and this is also featured in the Haunted Shores. The entrance. Mm-hmm. Where the veil between the living and the dead is yes. weak yep. to allow the macabre of the Sea of Thieves to pass from the Sea of the Damned into this area. That
0: is what there that is what is awaiting us here next. Right. I would say. Right. And and when you mention Fort of the Damned, the reason we know this is, is for one, when you go into the Citadel of the Fort of the Damned, uh, if you haven't, look up. There's a giant skeletal unicorn there. Why is that important? Well, it's the same imagery on the fairy of the damned. It's the imagery of the fairy. And we know, if we've done the Tall Tales, that we dispatched, we, we vanquished Grey Marrow um, as his skeletal lord presence on the seas. And now in the Fort of the Damned, by lighting the flames of fate, which you get from the fairy. We have now reopened a a portal to this this the fairy the the sea of the damned, and we have allowed a a reincarnation of gray Mary to return so that that's that's what you're getting at there right um well that yes. How is he able
1: I open up the discussion of how he's able to pass through. Right. What kind of what, what allows the, the veil to traverse the mm-hmm. areas so greatly. Right. Now, in the case of um in the case of Grey Marrow, this is his ghost. This yes. is not this this is where I was getting into the, the corporeal being stronger being weaker than the physical. Mm-hmm. Because in the case of those veils that are prevalent here, you're it's not that humanity is unable to pass through, but that you have to be able to see how the portal is made and what is permitted here. So I would say, if we are able to traverse the Sea of the Damned, mm-hmm. the only way we're going to be able to do that is with the help of the Order of Souls right. and, and and the kinds of mechanisms that exist to allow these portals to happen. Because it's not like they could just do it right off the bat. There has to be an anthropological ritual that leads up to it to allow it to exist here the same way we talk about astral projections the same way Mm -hmm. that people see visions and spirit walks and walkabouts and whatnot Mm -hmm. that kind of connection needs to exist in order for it to
0: to be able to progress like that right so we have this ghostly projection that gives us a few lines, you know, it, it's a little bit of a, a, a nice little uh, verbiage at the end of Heart of Fire with the, the skull in the air, and that's all we really heard from, from this Flameheart character, um, really, until the June update, The Haunted Shores, where all of a sudden, the exact same image that we saw at the end of Heart of Fire is now Somewhere, randomly at times, above an island in the Sea of Thieves. It's the exact same image, again calling himself Captain Flameheart and discussing bringing his legions of galleons to once again reclaim the Sea of Thieves. So let's talk about the June update um, and and how it's, it's continuing this narrative. So we have these riffs that you mentioned from... um, um, from the other side that have these galleons coming through. Um, and you, and again, they're weak compared to a, a, uh, a a skeletal ship, but they've got some pretty good firepower. They've got some, some mystical power behind them. Um, if you've ever got hit by the wraith balls, you know, they've got some mystical power behind them. You've got Flameheart in the sky talking about what his plans are and, and reconquering, but again, not a physical form. He doesn't shoot you with anything. he just sits there and he talks. Um, we see the return of the ashen dragon, a spectral ship, the ashen dragon. we see that. And then finally, in the boss wave, we see the burning blade. and you have to beat the burning blade ship in order to um, in order to to win the event. And the ashen dragon takes more shots than three, and the burning blade takes more shots as well. So definitely more powerful but still not as powerful if it was a physical ship. So let's talk about the June update. I'm going to turn it over to you and tell me what you think about this event that we have right now in front of us. Well, we have two things happening here. We have the veil passing
1: um, once again where the living and the dead meet as one. That's first. And that is extremely self-evident. Um, skeleton. Er, Ghost ships are able to pass through, and they're able to cause destruction in the name of Flameheart, so that's pretty self-explanatory. But the second thing that we're having happening here is that I would imagine the first iteration of Flameheart's army, at least the corporeal forms, where they are able to test the strengths and weaknesses of the pirates, are able to also pass through as well. But along with that, like the Cursed Sales update, where we have various Cursed Cannonballs, we also have even more cursed cannonballs, such as the wraith ball, the um, I, the name escapes me of the others, but it's um, but the ghost, fiery ghost, yeah, and then the cannonball.
0: phantom. I can't, yeah. I can't remember the fiery one. I just know phantom and wraith. <laughs> but the the important thing is that for both of these,
1: um, this is going to be another test, and this is the like, this is the build up to the eventual battles that will happen against Flameheart unless unless there is other things that are waiting for us. Other kinds of to be a little bit speculative and challenge the imagination. Unless there are other forms of the um ghost ships that we have seen that will amass themselves against us for right now. This seems to be the only form of creature or creatures or the macabre that seek to destroy us at this current moment, save for any uh, sea beasts or skeletons that decide to come through our way in the process. Right now, now, I would also say, to be extremely honest, there is no books, there is no journals yet that talk about the ghost ships. Right. So this is... This is yet to be something new for us to explore and, and traverse yet. So it, it almost challenges um the imagination yep. of of which this is coming to prose here. Right. But there is nothing there is no grandeur about this. There mm-hmm. is no um there is no larger picture except for what is at hand here. Right. And it
0: feels shrouded to me like mm-hmm. like as you mentioned flame heart is this legendary um pirate of the seas that no one really talks about and then we see you know pendragon and that we see his thing and there's no journals or anything out there it, it feels like it's sh- something is shrouded over our our vision right now where these events are happening we're not 100 percent sure why and, and there's no journals, you know, the pirate Lord's not talking about it. We don't know. It's just happening. So it feels like we're shrouded. Something is covering our eyes to what is, what is, what is leading, you know, what is coming.
1: Well, actually, I would say that the, um, the information is right in front of us. Everything that's happening right in front of us is going to be happening for, is happening for a reason. Mm-hmm. And in the case of this, Flameheart's army is back, Flameheart's back. Mm-hmm. His army is coming back, his strongholds are emerging, his pyres of sacrifice are created in the case of Molten Sands Fortress. Mm-hmm. So I would say that the Devil's Roar is becoming more of the more of his playground, more of his areas where we see his influence at. Mm-hmm. But But there has to be a moment and there must be a moment where we would to be speculative again, there has to be a moment where we have to traverse the Sea of the Damned. Everything that is happening
0: right now is going on in the Sea of the Damned, and that is my brutally honest opinion yep. about the matter. Yep. And we can't see that, right? Because if you go to the Ferry of the Damned, you can't get off the ship. You can't see more than, what, five feet off the sides. We don't know what's going on in the Sea of the Damned. All that we know is when we die, we appear on the ferry this this the, with the ferrymen, and that's all. And then we enter the doors and return back to, to the land of the living. That's all that's all we know about the sea. We can't see anything out there. So I, I would agree with you. There there but has to be we, something.
1: But we do have also photographic images of or at least artistic renderings of what the Sea of the Dam looked like. And I Correct. default to the Art of the Sea of Thieves book, mm-hmm. which to those of you who have not owned it, it is it I don't have it. It is really I need really, it. really
0: amazing. Can you get it out on Amazon?
1: Uh, yes. I want it. You can. I'm ordering it today. And like, in the case of the Sea of the Damned, the antiquity, the the majesty, the beauty of this, in fact, you know what? Are you,
0: are you pulling it out right now? You're, you're like reaching for it right now. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, 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 am definitely, uh, definitely going to be ordering, uh, ordering that book because I, am a first off, I'm a huge fan of of art books, and even the art, if if uh, for those of you we've talked about these books, even the art, um, inside of the uh, the stories, the tales of the Sea of Thieves, um, um is is absolutely great. I mean, again. Um, it's, uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's a great book. It's a journal book. Um, but, uh, it's, the artwork is, is fantastic. So, um, is, is it full color? Is it like full color, full page concept art? Is that, is that what the yes. the book is?
1: Yes, it is. In fact, I, uh, I, I had to step away momentarily because I needed to find it, it because I'm staring at, I, I needed to stare at the images of it. Uh, okay. So with so in the book, they talk about how the Sea of the Damned is. They said, while creating the Sea of Damned, the team explored the ideas of players somehow being able to sail their ship to this spooky region and roam freely. Docks, fortresses, and other structures were all considered, each with a suitably supernatural feel. Um, in one of the pictures, they have... <laughs> this is a... <laughs> this is designed for an outpost. It's a rock that has a large, just destroyed bowsprit holding a giant um ghost lantern. For those of you who got to um, the high enough levels in the Athena's Fortune Trading Company, the ghost lantern. And right next to it is a picture of a statue holding a broken sword, half buried in this green mist. And this is an outpost, mind you. Sounds awesome. The second second page I'm looking at is, um, is a picture of the Fairy of the Dim. But there are these these lighthouses but they're not just lighthouses they're also hourglasses and one of them is mid spin and it's spinning as if to turn somebody else's time over again secondly thirdly there's another picture of a of another outpost and this place the entrance to it has a picture of a skeleton holding two swords in its hands and a bandana with an eye patch staring down on the player so it, it it challenges the imagination of what the sea of the dam would look like but in this place somewhere in this place there has to be an area where like any other kind of if you study um the dead and the dying there are there are beliefs that ghosts are are people and personal beliefs that people are stuck right they're unable to pass they're unable right. to move on unfinished and, business yeah, yeah unfinished business or just um just certain kinds of maladies that have happened to them in the past where they were unable to move on so it in this case at least it makes you wonder exactly what would what would happen to this area what would what would allow flameheart to to be able to have these kinds of projections here because i would imagine if we go there we would meet Gold hoarders and members of the Order of Souls and merchants that, that are stuck. We would meet I would also hope NPCs that are stuck here. Right. Like like in the case of um you talk about my character. Mm-hmm. My character, my first one, Alistair Groovybeard, he was cursed with the Ashen um with the, the Ashen curse. And I made it that he is lasting legacy was in the form of an Ashen foul bounty skull. Like he was not, he did not see himself as any great person or anything of that caliber. He was here to just do as many adventures as possible. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it would be interesting to see NPCs of the Sea of the Damned from more than just, if this is the route, from people that are more than just streamers, from people that are more than just content creators, mm-hmm. from people like myself who don't, who don't do audio or video or any of that, but just write books and write stories. Mm-hmm. The old, old way, the old school way. Old school, yeah. And and we can we can take those stories and put them out there the same way we did for um, Legends of the Sea. Mm-hmm. So it it the, the sea of the damned here. This is what's next. Yep. And we need to get there soon to to understand how exactly these areas are able to traverse of this caliber because right. then it, we're, we're missing stuff.
0: We're yeah. We're there. There's stuff missing. And what was really interesting is the first thing that you said when you opened that book was, we've designed the Sea of the dam so that players, and I I just stopped there, because that tells me that when Rare put out this book, and when Rare was doing these concept arts, this was something that they were planning in the future, which means it's something that potentially could enter the game, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but with what's happening right now, with, with ghost ships coming from the other side, and Flameheart coming here. And and what we know about the order of souls and pulling these memories out of skulls, obviously pulling them from here, and we know the ghost of Grey Marrow has somehow got to the fort of the damned, et cetera, et cetera. Are we leading to this? Is this going to be the next big thing for Sea of Thieves? And and to bring us back to the Flameheart piece, um, this event just started, right? And it feels like a beginning. It doesn't feel like we're halfway through. It doesn't feel like that. It feels like a beginning. And I, I feel like in, in the upcoming updates, and, and and we'll probably see more tall tales coming, that that this is the very beginning of the next chapter um, of this game, and more so, more answers when it comes to, to Flameheart himself. Um, so let's dive in now to the all-mighty question. And the debate that has been going on for a very long time, um, between YouTube, between Reddit, between Twitter, everywhere. Everyone has their opinion. So including Captain Falcor, And including Captain Falcor, which I do watch Captain Falkor, I watch his streams, I find him hilarious. You know, he's got his speculations and, and everything like that. Um, let's dive into this question. And we have we have talked so far, and we just keep saying flame heart. Because that's what we get in the game. But, if you start to look at this book, The the Tales of the Sea of Thieves, and we start to look at, at hints in the game, there are clearly two characters that are being referenced as Flameheart. And we have slapped on a title of them, just to keep them separate, and that is Flameheart Sr. and Flameheart Jr. And this is something that has been a debate for a long time, sometimes heated debate, Um, you've got people on one side and people on the other. So I want to take a look at two things before we dive into this. I want to take a look at two things. The first is with the June update, our buddy Duke um, has a new response to us when we talk to him about Flameheart. And his line is, he even had a family once, but it wasn't enough to keep him away from the Sea of Thieves. Not when there was battle to fight. So we've got that. And then we have a tweet from Mike Chapman, and Mike Chapman has a picture of the, the current Flameheart event with the skull in the sky, the Burning Blade ship. We have, um, I believe it's an image from the original, uh, one of the uh, trailers uh, that they did of this captain with kind of the, the side beard coming out of a portal um, with the sword up. Which also looks like, by the way, if you go out and get any fan toys or things of, that, that are labeled Flameheart, that is the image that we see. And he says, as a father, he is neither an anchor to hold us back or a sail to take us there, but a guiding spectral light who shows us the way. Hashtag Sea of Thieves, hashtag Captain Flameheart. So, these two things just came out with this June update. Um... Now, I know you and I had a discussion off stream the other day about this junior, uh, senior talk. And I'm going to start with with my, I I know you have a lot. I'm going to start with how I feel about it. And then we can have you talk and then we'll, we'll kind of go back and forth. So for me, being a new player, um, I didn't know there were two flame hearts for a long time. Um, and it wasn't until, um, I started to talk to other members of the Cutthroats until I started to watch Falkor that this idea of junior and senior started to be presented to me. Um, and now I have the books, which I'm, I'm working through. And what I feel is the Tales of the Sea of Thieves is a journal by Flameheart Jr. And the reason I feel that way is because right off the bat, he talks about being a son to a legendary pirate. The pirate's name is never mentioned, but he's a son of the legendary pirate. And as you start working through the book, he reveals that the author of this journal is named Flameheart. So you assume the family name is Flameheart, and he has a father who was legendary, which we can then speculate his father is also Flameheart, because surnames, that's how they work. And so he is Flameheart Jr., and we have Flameheart Sr., so, my original thought was that the the guy we're seeing, because it's mentioned in this book that his dad is dead, his dad is is gone, um that when we found the sarcophagus in Seabound Soul, that was his dad, and we released his dad back into the world as the spectral ghost, which has led us to the June event. That is what my mindset is, and then the line from Duke again stating about he had a family, it all plays together. Um, So that that was kind of where I am, is Flameheart Jr. is somewhere out there. We don't necessarily know why. Now, I have my ideas based on reading this this book, which we'll get to in a minute, Um, but I feel that the image in the sky, I feel that the burning blade, and that this Flameheart that we see is Flameheart Sr., and Junior's still in hiding out there as a skeleton. So, what is your take just on that piece right there?
1: Flameheart Jr. is the skeleton in this guy.
0: Okay. And I, I, by the way, anyone listening, I knew that was his take. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is because I know we differ on this. Um, and Ballin, Ballin and I are, 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 you know, we just recently met, but, you know, we have a lot in common as far as lore and stuff. So, I know this would be fun. So I knew that was your take. Uh, so okay. go ahead.
1: The reason why that's my take is because Flameheart Senior is dead. Duke mentions that he did have family once. That is correct. But that family that Flameheart had, it was gone. It was yep. already deserted. and and to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, Duke has been his fair share of sly characters. To anybody who's ever done another event, there was a time when Stitcher Jim was gone. Or where Duke was gone and Stitcher right, Jim right. played. And then Duke returns from going to Flameheart's lair, and he played it off like Jim was here taking over the Bills rats. Like that 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 kind of continuity shuts down the idea that Flameheart. Uh, senior is the guy in the sky and junior's out there that shuts it down duke's a little nuts. No way to, to get that's airtight okay so in my honest opinion junior becomes there and plus junior was already here when the sea of thieves were were his right because of the fact that he mentions the fact that senior was dead before junior entered the sea of
0: thieves that's the that's the point. Okay. So how do you feel about Mike uh, Chapman's thing with all these images, including the Duke Post, of, of this skeletal and the ghost slips? And he says, as a father, so pointing at the person that we're seeing, the, the images that we're seeing is a father. Do you think he's referring to this is Flameheart Jr. with a son? Or do you think he's referring to the f- skull in the sky as senior and he's talking about, you know, this is senior? Or is it just Mike just trying to stir the pot? I think Mike
1: is trying to stir the pot. Okay. Yeah. The cool thing about being a part of Rare is that you control you control it. You control the um the manners and the stake to which this is going to perform. Okay. But again, we have yet to see also, and you know, this is where the watchers of Falcor will call me out <laughs> because of the because of the speculations regarding who is the master of the flame, the mm-hmm. the guy who you send everything to, and people have said that he was Flameheart, right? <laughs> or Flameheart uh, Junior, at least. Mm-hmm. But again, Senior is dead. Who were they talking about? Right. That's so the that's the that's the issue with continuity at the Watchers of Falcor. You know, to be extremely disingenuous of his popularity that's where it lacks it's the continuity it's the fact that there there is no connection it is simply taking both sides looking at them independently instead of looking at them dependently which is what you and i as historians have to do it because in
0: this kind of situation you need that and plus it also goes bad with the (laughs) canaan so let me. I, I've got my Tales of Sea of Thieves book, and I've got it specifically opened. Um, and, and there's no page numbers, so I wish I could give you page. It's the one with the um image of the skeletal pirate, uh, I'm gonna put it in the air quotes, Flameheart, uh, with the sword and the hat. And and the title is Pirates for All Eternity. That's the that's the page that I, I left open for this discussion. Um, you know, the page, so yeah. um. And this is where, and again, I'm not saying I agree with with Falcor. Obviously, you know he's he's his own content creator that that makes his speculations and everything, and and you've got your opinion. But one thing that I I, I drew here is in this book, which I feel is a journal from Junior. He does talk about being with his dad and taught and reading stories on his knee before his dad dad is gone. Obviously, his dad's gone. He's dead. Um, we know that. But but what's interesting to me is on this page, "Pirates for All Eternity," which is the Reapers' Bones um, motto, right? That's their that's their thing. It keeps referring in here to the Cap'n, and I've read this page about ten times today because originally I was like, "Well, he's talking about himself, the Cap'n." But every time I look at this, it says, uh, "You know," and they will all be here uh, with me. Uh, bowing before the captain. He could be referring to himself. But I get down here to the bottom, um, uh, almost to the bottom of this page, and it says, Well, the captain has done a very fine job of outlining the benefits we shall enjoy eternal life. Referring to the Chalice of Resurrection in my mind. Um, Pursue endless adventure, reap untold rewards, and never once need to stop for a dinner. Thus, Skeletons' ghost, right? Because they don't eat. Uh, well, and see a thieves of the skeletons these bananas, but that's beside the point. Humans, so referring to the per- the author of here again, Flameheart Junior. In my mind, humans will be terrified of us, but this is only to be expected. Not all of them attack on sight. So, with this page being the Pirates of All Eternity and referring to this Chalice of Resurrection and the Cap'n, I feel that on this page he's referring to. His cap'n, the man that he's looked up to as a legendary pirate, his dad, Flameheart Sr., and he, because of this, is somehow involved. I'm not saying that I agree with Falcor, and he is the guy in the Reaper's Bones tent, but I feel like he is somehow either supplying or helping the Reaper's Bones um, to help bring back his cap'n which is his dad. That that's kind of how I read this. Now obviously I know you disagree, but that's how I kind of read this is um is he is trying to help the reaper's bones resurrect his father knowing that he was a legendary pirate on the sea of thieves.
1: Now you you have a couple of things going on here, okay? Um the Captain, capital C, the Captain is yep. a completely different story. Okay. Nobody knows who the Captain is. Right. They're, nobody, nobody knows who the Captain is. Not Falcor. Not me. Not anybody in the cutthroat. Not you. Not anybody. Nobody right. knows who the Captain is.
0: Okay. We only know
1: who the Captain is based off of what they say in there. Right. But no, nobody give him a name. Nobody give him a face, body. Correct. It. Correct. So I am going. So I. So I will hear live today. Shut that down. Anybody who tries to come up with speculation, like. mm-mm. That it doesn't work, it's 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 bad, bad investigation to speculate something like that. Okay, because at least in the case of Flameheart, there's there's definitive stuff. But mm-hmm. but in this case, we got nothing. Yeah, it's and, complete
0: guess. It's complete one hundred percent speculation.
1: Exactly. So yep. first that, okay. Now, in the case of Pirates for all eternity, that is the connection between Flameheart and the Reaper's bones. That somebody could make the argument for, mm-hmm. but. Here's the catch. Do they directly make any notion about saying that Flameheart is their master? They do not. Exactly. They do Which not. Which is going back to my point about how the Reaper's Bones maintains the memories of their point. They maintain the violence and the destruction, but they do not under any circumstances have any ties to Flameheart.
0: Correct. As of yet. Correct. Correct. I will agree 100% with you there. Now. What I want to say to that is, the Reaper's Bones, obviously, regardless of the players who put up that emissary flag, the Reaper's Bones are bloodthirsty. They are violent. They are meant to go out and kill you and take your stuff. That is their job. And, for me, if you are a bloodthirsty pirate, now, now there's two ways to look at this. If you're a bloodthirsty pirate, you want to be the best. But, Pirates, in every image that we have, also want the bloodthirstiest legendary captain at the helm. So, no, we don't have any speculation that they're working for Flameheart, trying to resurrect him. It's all complete air right now. But for me, wouldn't it make sense that they would want big boy Flameheart Sr., to be at the helm of their armada because of his legendary status.
1: You you wanna have you wanna have the big kahuna helping you out, especially if you're if you're uh, if you're running the show like that. But you're but there's nothing to determine that. There's nothing to to, you know to say that. And that's that's just where my where you you can't can't just be the fan kid about this kind of stuff. It's it's air. Exactly. You have to you have to wait for the hand to develop and then your theories come about. You but if you have no information for it, you're gonna get debunked. You can't just pull stuff out of your head and think this is a cool idea just to push right. the envelope. There right. is no envelope. Mm-hmm. This is the Sea of Thieves. You can't you can't go by the seat of your pants in a place like this. But you can also change the narrative. You can also stir the pond, as you have said. Right. That's the that's the beauty of it. That's it is. the that's the cool part about this game, mm-hmm. and about these books, and everything.
0: So, so obviously, you know, we've 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 mentioned Falcor um, a couple times, and like I said, I, I find his his content entertaining, regardless of its if it's complete speculation or not. His streams are funny um, as well. But, but, and and to to let the listeners know, if you don't know who who Captain Falcor is, or you you don't know his stance on this. His stance is that the man in the tent, um, with the metal faceplate covering his face, is Flameheart Junior. That is his stance, um, and he—he's—I he, won't say evidence, but he's got some things that he's pointed out. Um, with the figurehead of the um, of the the Reapers faction holding a chalice, the the mask is clearly removed. It has a very captain-like hat on. Glowing eye, skeletal face. Um, so again, complete error, because we don't have we don't have hard proof. We don't have journals in the game. We don't have things like that. Um, but th- that's kind of his stance, and I don't agree with it. You know, who a figurehead doesn't a figurehead can tell a story, but nothing says that that figurehead is actually Flameheart Junior. Nothing says that. You know, there is nothing that says Flameheart Junior is the guy in the Reaper tent. Right, complete air, complete speculation. Um. With that said, do I think Flameheart Jr. is somehow trying to get the Reapers to work with him? Sure. I could see that happening. But again, complete speculation. Um, Pirates of All Eternity, the Chalice, all this stuff that he was obsessed with and, and, and stuff like that is written all over the Reaper's bone. Again, all speculation. Um, but at this point, where we are in the story, there's a lot of speculation that we can have fun with because we don't know. Um, we don't know. So, I don't know if you have, have anything more to say on on the Reaper's Bones or anything like that. Any take that you have any more on that?
1: I actually do. Okay. I, have I do have much more to say about go. them. Go, go. When it comes to the Reaper's Bones, their mission is simple. Burn everything down. That is a foregone conclusion.
0: Burn- I totally thought their mission was to run away from other ships. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) like i think they need to take the chalice and the glowing red angry stuff away and just like put forrest gump on their freaking uh freaking flag (laughs) run forrest run because i have yet i have yet last night i take that back last night was the very first reaper ship since they introduced the emissaries that actually turned on me and fought every other run has run so i don't i don't I mean, I know what they're supposed to do, but I feel like the people representing them right now are just run, forced run.
1: Yes, you're, I mean it. It comes down to the player as well, right, so right, I mean right, that right. also has an effect. But but I do get what you say. Like you would think that they would they would stark up some kind of destructive attitude. But yeah. Then again, you also do meet uh you do meet some hardcore players that are absolutely, absolutely
0: mm-hmm.
1: just. Annihilate everything yep. in their fucking path. I like them. But, but in the case of the Reapers' bones, they do in fact want to burn, burn everything to the ground. But the, uh, this is where I would say that we have to look past the obvious. Because uh, if people could make the argument, you know, if Alcora could make the argument that everything points to the Reapers' bones, everything points to it. They, they have Flame Hearts, um, for like a bit of phrasing, they have Flame Hearts slogan. They mm-hmm. have his mindset. They have everything that, that, that Flame Heart wants to do. But this company just emerged and they don't point themselves directly towards it. Right. They mention nothing of Flame Hearts. Right. So we cannot Bingo. say that there was a comparison to them at Flame Hearts. We, we can't. Bingo. We don't have anything.
0: Yes. nothing you
1: just have to wait and see what happens with
0: it yes. yep absolutely so um I want to talk a little bit more since we're on the Reaper's bones and it's it's also very easy to speculate this because it's the new it's the new hotness right the Reaper's island a Reaper's hideout has been there for a while but but now that there's emissaries there the Reaper's bones has its own reputation faction now it's the new hotness so it's very easy. To speculate here. You know, no one's talking about Wanda. No one's talking about Stitcher Jim. No one's talking about this kind of stuff. Those things still exist, and those things are still out there. We're just so focused on Reaper's Bones because it's the new hotness. It's the new thing. Exactly. Um, Now, since we're on this topic of Reaper's Bones, you've been with the game since its inception. Um, You have seen the evolution of that island. I have only seen pictures of what that island used to be and how it slowly evolved. Um where do you think they're going to take that island next? There's going
1: to be there's going to be a major war between the Pirate Lord and whatever whatever. Reapers, Bows, Flame Hearts, or whatever comes next. Mm-hmm. And if there is a battle to be had, there may be something that's caught in the crossfire.
0: Okay.
1: And I would say that the Reaper's Hideout is going to be something that's caught in that crossfire.
0: It's very Maybe from central. an
1: accident, maybe something that's from misconstrued, but I can only speculate about that. I have right, no, right. no... No one does. Yep. ...that successfully makes it aware, about to myself, about what... It, who it all is, you know, that's what, that's what what confuses, um, that's, I'm sorry, not confuses, that's what challenges me to think. Mm -hmm. And that's what also challenges me to reread everything
0: because I've been rereading all my stuff because I I felt like there was something that I was missing. Missing, right. Like I said, that shroud, it feels like we're shrouded on, on Mm. something going on right now. Um, but one thing that, that I, that I feel like I can put my, my foot down just knowing World history, right? That started as an island. We had a little like shack on it, right? And and it and it went up to like a little tent thing with a with a gal in it, right? There was a there was a, it it resembled a female, right? Dress and everything. Now all yeah. of a sudden there is, and and I I don't want to say it's a girl. I don't want to say it's a guy. Obviously, there's no identifiable features in the northern area which would identify it as a girl, so we can assume it's a guy, but we can't. Maybe it's whatever. But she's now gone. And now there's this new character there, with a new look, and clearly that island is preparing for something, because there are towers on it, there are now walls on it, there are cannons on it. It is starting to build itself like a miniature fortress. So clearly something is building, and they're preparing for some sort of siege, some sort of battle, some sort that they're building a stronghold on 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 the Reaper hideout. Agreed. Um, so so who knows if they're gonna get caught in the crossfire? Who knows if they're gonna instigate something, but they are clearly evolving their defenses and that structure there. And we don't know what happened to the gal that we used to turn stuff into. We don't know who this guy is or this gal who's in the Reaper PJs there. All that all that we can tell is they're building something. And, and quite frankly I'm excited to see what that island becomes um and are they going to instigate I, I'm excited to see in the next couple updates if we see anything in the next couple updates I'm excited to see where this Reapers faction goes and how they play into this broader storyline of of the rift between the worlds
1: agreed and I think that that's what is going to really
0: Really challenge
1: our imagination mm-hmm.
0: as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, any any last last thoughts you have on on what we've talked about today, from from going from before the tall tales through the tall tales, talking about this rift. Um, the only thing I will I will say before before I turn it in, over to you for any last words is Sea of Thieves on a gameplay on a player base, and on a lore standpoint, is an absolute gem of a game that's in a great position. There is so much unknown on the story that allows us to do things like speculate, think, um, adventure, and try to put together what they're going to do. Because the only folks who know are the folks at Rare writing this story. They're the only ones that know. So for us, the player we have this mystery that we get to piece together update by update. And so if you're a fan, obviously, you know, this is Pirate Talk Radio, so the listeners are going to be fans of Sea of Thieves. But if you have friends out there who enjoy a good game with fighting, with PvE, PvP, emphasis on PvP, um, and loves learning about story and, and being able to speculate on what might happen based on what we know, this game is in a great place, and I, I foresee it being a great game for a long time to come. So I'm going to turn it over to you. You, sir, have been great. Give us any last words you have on this. Uh, take as much time as you want.
1: Focus on to all people who are listening. To this I have. I have my own theories about about what is to be expected from this game. What 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 I would pretty much want to make it prevalent. And the one thing that I could encourage all people to do in this situation is to read, read these books, focus on not what other people say, but also the paintings, the architecture, the structures, the names of every island, of everything, of every tall tale, of every person that you come across. Formulate your own ideas. I encourage everybody who listens to today to formulate your own ideas. Because those ideas are what allows this game to be as amazing as it is. And that's why it seems like I I disagree with some of the big names here today. Because of what this game has shown me. Mm-hmm. And I encourage the same for you. And I hope that there's people out there who disagree with me. Because as <laughs> is what my old professor from my graduate classes used to say to us. You're already wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. I had a, I had a professor and, and this was his, his stance on everything. And when, when I taught for my short amount of time that I taught and the reason I stopped teaching was because of the education system being a horrible factory model of not educating people but forcing memorization – one of the things that that a professor of mine instilled on me that I still, to this day, is question everything. It's not, don't just listen to someone, not even your parents. Don't just listen to them and, and just assume that they're right. Question it. Do your own research. Come to your conclusion. Maybe they are right. Maybe they're not. But at least you formed your own opinion and your own mindset based on your research and your questions. And that's true not just to this game and this discussion. That's true to everything in life. Mm -hmm. So, I want to thank you very much for being the guest today, I'm sure. I I know for a fact that we're going to have more lore uh, episodes in the the future about other topics. This is just a hot topic right now that I wanted to talk about. Um, So I know we're going to have you back. We're going to talk more about different things. Um, But I encourage everyone, as Ballin has, go on Amazon, get yourself the Tales of the Sea of Thieves, it's not that expensive, and get yourself Athena's Fortune, read those, you'll learn the history, you'll learn more about this game, you'll learn where you, as a pirate, on the maiden voyage, fit into this game as you go through the tall tales, and you'll learn a lot more about some of these characters that you hear about and some of these uh, NPCs that you, you interact with as you sail. Um, but thank you very much, Bon. We'll definitely have you back. Um, Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Not a problem. Guys, as always, take care of yourselves and each other. Stay safe out there. Be nice to one another. And we'll talk to you next time on Pirate Talk Radio.